the Black and Raw podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kuda Tondarai Vunzabaya. No, I'm not going to repeat that. Here is a podcast that is creating the dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, my guest today is Eugene Ellis. And Eugene is a therapist, he's a psychotherapist um, who specializes in integrative arts um and so we start to talk about um his therapy journey um and how that sort of has influenced his practice now um and sort of understanding understanding yourself and what being yourself means and you hear early on in the conversation how eugene talks about how he had to get over that and how he had to understood who he actually was. Um, and so we start to delve into that a little bit. Um, we talk about his experiences of having a white therapist um, as compared to having a black therapist. Um, we also talk about transference. Um, that's something which you'll uh, talk about a bit more. Um, and we also talk about integrative arts therapy. Um, we talk about sitting with your feelings and sort of understanding your triggers and your bodily responses. Um, and we use a really good analogy of fire um, to sort of describe mental health and maybe the feelings that are going on in your body around that time. So um, I'll let you guys listen to that because I actually really liked that analogy. So adding on to that as well um eugene is an activist he's an author um he's a public speaker um, and he's also the founder and director um of the black african and asian therapy network um which is a network of therapists which are committed and passionate and actively engaging in addressing the needs of the black African and Asian community within England. Um, so we don't get to talk about that um, in this episode, but um, if you want to know more about that, um, you can look in the show notes and find out more details. Um, but that is a another aspect of his life, which easily could be another episode of the podcast. So who knows, maybe in the future we'll talk more about it. Um, and he's also got a book as well, which he mentions at the end. Um, and so that's also really good. Um, and I can't wait to read it when I get my hands on it. Um, so before we get started, um, if you just uh, take a pause, breathe, and just ask yourself, how are you doing? Um, and how are things going for you in your life right now? Um, and I'll leave you with that with just a second. Alright, um, so um, I really hope things are going well for you um, and if they're not, um, I'm sending you some positive vibrations through the microphone. So I want to get you guys listening to this episode. Um, so here is my conversation with Eugene Ellis. Hi Eugene. Um, welcome to the Black and Royal podcast. It's really good to have you on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. It's all right, man. It's all right. Um, thank you for taking your time out of your evening. 
And and yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. Nice. Yeah, me too. Um. So. Eugene, I would have already sort of introduced you in um, at the start of the podcast. So um, I guess now I'll just ask to start off by asking you, um, so what what drew, what drawn you um, to becoming a therapist? Um, I think it was uh, a kind of an accident in some ways. I hadn't planned to do it. So I hadn't thought, okay, this is what I want to do. Mm. And I'll go back doing it. I know some people do. Um, but it started for me with, with being a client, being being someone in the chair and being, you know, being in therapy. Oh, interesting. So that's kind of how it started for me. And uh, um, I mean, the reasons for me doing that in the first place was, uh, well, what I now know was depression. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily called it that yeah. when, I was, uh, when I was going through it. But uh, looking back, that's kind of what it was. And I, I went to see someone and it began a very, very long journey of getting to understand myself, getting to understand that I was kind of limited in the way that I thought, limited in the, my, you know, my expressions, limited in, to, in my range of feelings. You know, there was, I was just kind of squashed into this little yeah. box, you know. Um, and I thought that, that was, I thought that was the world, you know. I thought that was the world. So only to find out that there was just so much more, you know, and um, through process of therapy and, and, and other things as well, um, you know, my eyes began to open up to my potential, I guess. And that led me on to thinking about, well, you know, <laughs> uh, I could offer that to someone else. You know, yeah. To someone else. And so, I, you know, so I... And, and, and I initially, I, I kind of thought, well, I don't know if I could become a therapist. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know there were no other black therapists that I knew, no black men at least. You know, so yeah. it wasn't something that was like, oh yeah, yeah. There's you know, there's Mister, there's those those guys over there doing this, and so I'll, I'll do what they're doing. So there was no. Yeah. Um, but I began. I did a, a course called this, like an education in therapy, and and then the arts. And I thought I could maybe do some teaching. Um, but that actually, that course itself was the beginning of a counseling course or a psychotherapy course. And I was just interested in it. And I just, I just did it just out of interest, you know, just to learn more about myself. And along the way, something happened. And uh, I thought I'll, I'll just go all the way. You know, I'll just go all the way and complete the course and then become. Yeah counselor at the end but it was still a process even after i finished to actually call myself a psychotherapist again that was another journey yeah so what was it so during your sort of therapy process yeah um, like when you're getting therapy um and you're being treated for what they call in this depression um what was it that sort of i don't know maybe flipped or sort of changed that made you thought oh wait i can i can do this or even like, how did that process help you realize that you could do that? It was it was a slow process, you know. Um, I don't I don't think there was one point where I thought, oh yeah. I mean, actually, there may, maybe there were a few points, but I can't remember them kind of distinctly. Mm. Um, but I think just being with another person, talking in this way, which again was just kind of unusual, you know what I mean, to talk about yourself in that way. 
you're not, you know, that's not really what you would not, yeah. what I would normally do. It's quite difficult um, to talk about yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Someone was interested. They were patient. They were kind of curious. They didn't push. And, um, and, and they went in a funny way that kind of just allowed me to just, you know, be myself. Cause I think one of the, one of the challenges I think is to be yourself. Um, I thought I needed to be someone else and maybe a different kind of guy, um, maybe a tougher person or, you know what I mean? Or, or more, yeah. and, you know, that was kind of, and uh, so it was kind of difficult to kind of locate myself in all of that. And so I was going to kind of give him permission to be myself. And what I discovered was that actually it wasn't like what I thought it was. Yeah. And it wasn't like, uh, uh, it, it wasn't kind of hitting any particular target or lo- like this person or like that person. Although, you know, I think uh, there were lots of people in my life who I, I liked this about them or I liked that about them. Took pieces from but them, I didn't yeah. want to be them. You know, at, at one point I wanted to be them and then at some point something changed and I, and, uh, and I just became more confident in being myself. Mm. Um, and which was very different from the image that I thought I, thought I should be. Yeah. So it was it was a slow it was a slow slow burn and um I think um so I had a white therapist to start off with and then there was a couple of other things there was a, a sort of people of color sort of meditation space which I thought was th- that that's therapeutic to me as well. Yeah. Well, you know it's not core therapy but you know it's, it's like it does the same part of the journey in it and Yeah. Uh, and you know, being being allowed to be myself in that in that space a bit more, uh, again, in that context and you know, the black context was again another another part of the journey. I had a black male therapist again. That was another. Again, I I thought I needed to be a particular kind of person with this with this man. Yeah, like, no, just be yourself, man. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be what you think I should. You know what you think you should be for me. Um, yeah. So again, I was like, okay, um, well, what do I do then? <laughs> what do you, um, how do I be myself? Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Who am I exactly? And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was a process of finding who I was and actually who I was. Um, and there's this thing about, you know, the feminine and the masculine, you know, and, um, you know, it's different from being male and female, you know, you're either yeah. male or you're, or you're um, somewhere in between. But um, you know, there's that's just the, just the, the idea of masculine, the idea of feminine, and um, you know, in a way, I sort of naturally led lent into the sort of feminine aspect of myself. You know, the caring, the connection, those kind of things. Yeah. And what I discovered is that the more you pushed push there, the more the masculine comes out as well. You know what I mean? How how so? It's almost as if. Um, it's, it's, it, I just, I don't know. I, I can't really explain it, but mm. I've given myself permission to kind of push on, push on all of the edges of me. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't normally push on because that's not how you be. That's not, that's not manly, you know. Mm. <laughs> this is manly over here. You know what I mean? Being tough and strong, you know, facing up to uh, people and, um, you know, um, sort of you know, taking people, you know, making people account for their behavior and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's the only door you're pushing on, I think, um, or, you know, if you just open it, if you're just pushing on, on any one particular door, 
then um you know again it just kind of keeps you in that box so the fact that i could change in one in one place the fact that i could change in the more feminine aspects of me or another aspect of me kind of gave me confidence to know that i could change in another way yeah i mean so just that process of changing oh right yeah actually i i am bigger than i think i am okay well what if i push here oh okay (laughs) um i'm a little bit bigger there too and if i push yeah 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 yeah. so i think it was not necessarily that um you know if you go into one you're going to go into the other but i just just this idea of change and um that it's possible And and if you know it's possible then you've got more confidence in digging into other areas. Yeah. To explore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love, I loved what you sort of talking about in terms of discovering yourself and discovering who you are, because I think, I think too many people, and even personally for myself in terms of like, when you're talking about being masculine and that you've got this idea of masculine, that like that sort of, I think for me, I struggled with that a lot because I would even say that like I sort of have like maybe some of my like a feminine sort of side about me mm-hmm. that is a, that I would describe as caring, that I would describe as kind of soft. Yeah. Um, like there's films that I cry at, like and like sometimes the tears will just start flowing. But it's just that you wouldn't that's not what you usually associate with a man. And I feel like as a young age, that's sort of something I struggled with. Um, which so like hearing you saying that and sort of how therapy helped you come through that, I think is really powerful. Um, and I think you I think there's always you should always be sort of exploring, I guess, all sides of yourself. Um, so it's really great that sort of therapy was able to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amongst other things as well. But yeah, yeah. Um that was the kind of the start of something. Um, and then, and then, um, and and I was seeing other people go through their similar process and if you do it in a group, you know, that's quite powerful as well. Yeah. Group thing. And especially. What was that like? Yeah. I remember, I remember being in this group and it's very early on when when I just, just kind of started, um, and there was, you know, there's some big man in, in the group and big woman and everything. There was, you know, there's a lot of people quite much, much older than me. And um, and some my age, I was kind of mid-20s, I guess. Um, and they, yeah, just watching them, you know, just watching what they were doing and what they were saying and how they were being. Uh, I just hadn't really seen people do that kind of stuff. Well, what do I mean? I mean, well, I mean, just... Um, and what they were talking about, they were talking about their lives, they were talking about their partners, they were talking about things that they were that were that were worrying them, and think things you know that made gave them joy. Yeah. And, um so just you know, just seeing other people go go through something um again kind of just normalizes, you know, something really about what it means to be human, you know. If you do, if you're kind of doing it on your own, that's one thing. If you're doing it with other people um you're supporting them they're supporting you you can see them change right in front of your eyes yeah whoa wow you know that's amazing um and it just gives you a bit more confidence that you can do the same yeah um and and in fact it's normal to you know if you do attend to yourself it's 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 normal and and it's natural to then just change 
um, into something else. But you do need to give yourself the time. You need to stop, and you need to give give, give it some time. And uh, yeah. if you don't do that, of course, you're not going to do. Nothing's going to happen. Um, but there's that very simple act again, just kind of just another lesson, you know, of um, it's not hard. It's it's. I mean, the hard thing is stopping. Mm. The hard thing is stopping. The hard thing is stopping, and then just attending to it. You know, just just giving it time, giving yourself time, being patient with yourself, being yeah, being being patient with yourself. Um, that's the work, isn't it? Really. Yeah, that and that's that's the thing, which is, I guess, like the slowest sort of thing. Like it's, I guess, when you stop and sort of take time out for yourself, mm. like it might not be the moment you see the most growth. But like afterwards, that's sort of maybe when the growth sort of starts. But then during that time, it feels so slow, doesn't it? It feels like maybe nothing's happening. You're going two steps, you're going two steps forward and one step back. Yeah. Or like, and you and you kind of maybe then get stuck in the in that time of like, why is nothing sort of changing um or happening? Um and yeah, I think it's I think it's important as you were saying, just be patient with yourself. Cause it's cause it will come eventually, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and and seeing other people, you know, going on the journey with with other people and seeing other people go through that process, you know, when you get frustrated for them, you know, for the, because they're not, they can't they, they can't see what's glaringly obvious. <laughs> <laughs> then something happens. It's like they get it, you know. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and that gives you confidence that that it can happen for you as well. And um and 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 then invite invites you to slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're seeing it somewhere else. Happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, some people uh, still want to work on their own and that's fine. But you know, the, the group is very powerful. Um, a bit more exposing as well. Uh <laughs> talking about your business in the group. But um may, you know, maybe you know, people start off. I started off just in a one-to-one because it was just, you know, I didn't want to tell everyone. And then I and then 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 I went into a kind of a group process, and I think it's the group thing really that's been the the most um, transformative. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I think there's something something special about humans where we sort of crave that connection, crave that sort of group herd sort of mentality, and I think that, like, I think as we saw sort of in COVID and maybe even with sort of global warming and stuff, like everyone's trying to come together which I think is just sort of natural for us. Like, I don't, like if we're divided, I don't think it helps for our growth. Um, and so I think like connecting with people, maybe when you are feeling low or maybe when you feel like you need to start making some changes, I think it's so important for your mental health and just for yourself as a person. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you're, when you're in that place, that's the last thing you want to do, isn't it, sometimes? Mm. Last, you just want to be on your own. I know I wanted to be on my own. Um, it is it's a tough one but yes i mean that is that is the magic that's the magic formula isn't it to find a way to make those connections and because it's through connection basically i mean most of our problems most of our worries most of our concerns most of our hurts are, are generated through through relationship yeah we hurt through relationship aren't we that's that's the that's the basic thing <laughs> that we're all struggling with um either you know either intergenerational you know, maybe it hasn't happened to your body. Yeah. It's happened to, you know, your 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 parents or your great-grandparents or whatever, and it's coming through to you. 
and it basically is you know it needs relationship to repair you know what i mean um a therapist is another is a relationship yeah true yeah paying for it i guess in some ways but <laughs> um, but it's you know whether it, whether you pay for it or not it's a relationship you can't get away with it <laughs> and, uh, and uh and then you know and and and, it, and it's probably the safest kind of safest place that people could find themselves in in some way um and then when you've got a bit more confidence and a bit more sort of sense of yourself and you kind of you can then you know um create your own community yeah and, and other other things whatever it is that you you need yeah there was um there's something which i loved well there's something which i saw wanted to explore a bit more in terms of when you're talking about when you were doing one-on-ones um and originally you had a white therapist and then you found a black man and then you found a black male that was a therapist um do you think how i guess one how was that sort of transitioning from someone who is a white therapist to someone who's a black therapist and sort of do you think do you think it helped having somebody that was of your culture and that was of a male, or do you think it was easier maybe having someone that was white and I don't know if they were a female or not or a male? Mm. Um, I know there is a lot of female therapists uh, all making an assumption, but yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was a it was a female uh, therapist, um, and it was um, I saw a female, I saw a white female for a couple of months, and um, and then. I was it was suggested that I could do a group. And again, this group had a white female um leader doing the group. Um and she was uh, so I, I kind of got different things from different from the different from the different things from different places. Yeah. Um with this woman, um I mean she was it she was South African, so she she come over in the 70s. Um she, she, you know, she couldn't stay with apartheid and just had to come to the UK. And, and many people came, yeah, South Africa because of all of that. And um, and at that time, I guess my my concerns were more about just how I was feeling, and maybe not necessarily necessarily the, the why of it. Um, but she could see that she could see um, uh, my racial conditioning maybe more than I could at that time. Okay. You know, given her experience of yeah uh, south africa south africa um obviously she knew that she 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 wasn't um, in it like i am but she often used to kind of just say things which kind of made me think oh yeah maybe 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 it's more than just me you know um maybe maybe there's something about you know my conditioning that has brought me to where i am the thing about thing about oppression, the thing about alienation is it's it's kind of invisible, isn't it? So when yeah. people are sort of suffering from that, there's there's this kind of sense of alienation, you know, being alienated from 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 where from where you are. You know, I was one of Thatcher's Thatcher's forgotten children, <laughs> so <laughs> I remember it was, it was just grim, man. Oh man, it was so grim growing up at that time. Um, no prospects. On one, on the one hand, for me personally, I felt there was no prospects. And then there yeah. was some, you know, comedians on the telly saying loads of money and, you know, yuppies and you know, fast cars and everything. So some someone was getting the goodies. Um, I knew it weren't going to be me, and uh, so that was that was depressing. So she kind of brought that all to my attention, really. Um, 
and um so yeah so you know she sort of yeah brought something out so and then this was a white person yeah uh, so that was my first experience of therapy and i thought wow this, this is therapy man this is amazing i mean little did i know that that was a very rare experience <laughs> <laughs> that I, would, I had and, um uh white therapists generally weren't like that but yeah. I, mean, I didn't know that at the time i just thought wow this is great you know this is great yeah um so um so i i i i thought well yeah you, you don't have to be black to or you know of a certain heritage or something to treat or to be with another person like that so yeah um so that's kind of how i started um i've kind of refined my <laughs> uh my thinking around that a little bit um so because i think it's still possible i mean it's, it's more than possible if, if that if if whoever it is who's sitting in front of you has done the work yeah is is, is awake to some degree then well, yeah if they know sleep <laughs> it might be very brainy and uh have, you know be, be called a doctor and all sorts but they're still asleep in lot in lots of reflect lots of respects then they're, they're no good to me yeah um and they're more likely to be awake they got you know if they're from a racialized minority but that's not necessarily the case either mm. um my about and then the black man that i had again it was that was a different experience because this you know i'd had other male therapy white white male therapists as well or they were in the same space as me um but i never really got what is you know this there's this idea of transference you know in um where you kind of um the, you know, the therapist in front of you you kind of you kind of make them like someone else in your life you know and it's very very powerful and very strong okay um where you give them where like like when i had the, when i had the, the black the black man black male therapist who is much older than me so he could have been my dad you know wow <laughs> now, the white males couldn't be my dad so so they were just people. They were just some peeps, some folk out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so just, 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 just existing. This there. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some dudes there and some, you know, whatever. And then, but when I was with this guy, uh, it, you know, what happened between us was quite strong. Okay, how so? It was, it was stronger. Uh, you know, um, even though I knew he wasn't my dad, uh, it was still, it still felt like that. Okay, <laughs> and. Uh, so I was finding myself kind of responding to him as if he were. And, um, you know, me and my father had a difficult relationship in only in terms of, um, you know, um, I guess a lot of Caribbean families in those days, or probably still now, you know, you get you know, good hard licks for not doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can think of a, I can think of a few beacons from childhood in the, Af in the African in the African sense, but yeah, yeah I know yeah, what yeah. you mean. Um, and um, certainly in in the in the UK, I mean, I don't know what it's like in you know in the Caribbean in the African context. If you're living in those countries, I think it has a different meaning. Um, when you're in the UK and it's happening here in the UK, um, I think that you know and. Certainly with Caribbean experience, which again was very different from the African experience, I guess, but um, 
it was it was it was kind of it was kind of behavior that didn't have any kind of context there was no there was no reasoning behind it you know what i mean it was just yeah. stuff that happened and um and of course as a, as a kid you're just thinking well it must be me you know <laughs> it must be yeah, me well, that's the reason yeah why this stuff is happening um so anyway um uh, uh yeah it was it, it was a stronger experience i think with um with this black man and and ultimately uh, uh for the good in some ways i wasn't playing anymore you know yeah this is real this is this felt more real than with the white therapists okay and, um but that was good i think that was good and it was different and yeah i was able to you know to 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 be yourself in the white context is one thing to be yourself in the black context is a whole other story and um again you're just kind of you know being in a being in a different being it's like being in your family you know and uh, yeah and being yourself again there's you know uh and, and there's you know as we know you, um, even though you just pretend quite a lot of the time it can feel quite real even though you just you know play acting for instance say say for instance you just kind of just pretend that this chair is your is your is your parent yeah like you know that they're not, but it doesn't doesn't stop the feelings from from, from <laughs> almost as if the mind is really strange, yeah. um, and and you're put back in that situation, and um, uh, and because this other person is responding differently, I can it, it does make it uh, make it work in a, in a very powerful way. So there were different there were different there were very different experiences, um, and they they both had their um they both kind of worked on different levels yeah they have the benefit each one yeah. i guess what i'm hearing sort of from you like having the the original sort of white perfect therapist yeah. our south african she sort of gave you like started the process of like you understanding maybe the wider context of race and maybe how that was affecting you and then the yeah. uh, with this older black man that was sort of like just another experience which I guess sort of I don't know if tipped it over the edge of the word, but sort of opened just a floodgates because yeah. of like the relationship you guys had built. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was more, it was more um, I don't know if that's the right word. I was gonna say heart or soul or something. Um yeah, but I think that's how I think that's how it felt. It was more yeah, it was more soul connection. Mm. I think that's I think I think that's interesting how you yeah like how you can maybe build that sort of with somebody that I guess like to the bare bones that you're paying them you're paying them for them to listen to you talk but it's mm. it's more than that when you're in the actual space yeah um which I think is I, I don't know it's just something amazing something cool something really just maybe beyond us you know what I mean I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I'm spiritualizing yeah. it too much, but I think it's just I think it's just interesting and sort of really cool how that sort of happened. Yeah, yeah. And we do that with all kinds of relationships. We, we pay for our gym gym membership and maybe someone taking us around and giving us you know, supporting us with a workout. You know, we don't yeah. pay that money. <laughs> you just, you know, you get into it, you know, you get into it. Um and your muscles get bigger and uh and then you say, yeah, I want some more. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> until, <laughs> until you don't need the guy at the gym instructor anymore. You just, you know, you're freewheeling. Yeah, um, you just keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think also, I guess something maybe coming back to sort of what you do as a therapist, um, because I've I've heard we've been talking about sort of I guess your therapy journey. Um, and I'd love to know sort of then maybe what you do as a therapist now, maybe how your journey has influenced that. Um, so I was reading through your, I was like, I was reading a few profiles. I was thinking, what am I going to ask him? What, what, what am I thinking about? <laughs> and I saw something that you did called integrative art, integrative arts. Um, yeah. And I thought that's really interesting. So, And I don't think many people know about it either. I feel like it's something which, like if you if someone asked me, oh, what's integrative art therapy? I'd be like, I don't know. Do you draw? Do you like? Do, 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 how does it? I, yeah, I don't know how it works. So I think it'd be really interesting for maybe for you just to tell me a little bit of how that does work, and maybe how it's different maybe from traditional therapy. Um, so yeah, the floor yeah. is yours. I I mean I'm a musician. I haven't actually I haven't played for for a very long time, but I I was in the music business before I then any of this therapy stuff. Yeah. Um, so music has always been important. And um I thought I'd, you know, I thought I'd like to do, you know, music and or, you know, some kind of art therapy. I thought that was a very, you know, the first kind of thing. And um then I discovered actually to become an art therapist, especially a music therapist, you needed to have all your stuff, all your shit together, you know, great. <laughs> you need to do a recycle. And so what? Oh wow! Really? We could do a recital, the therapy, and a laugh. And so it was just it was like, <laughs> crazy. I thought, no way. <laughs> I was, you know, I had my guitar. I mean, I could read music and stuff, but Jack barely, barely yeah, get away with it. Um, to me, that wasn't what music was about. You know, um, it was about making the connection and jamming, and you know, getting a vibe going, and you know, getting a little groove. Groove yeah, the groove, and then just moving off the groove a little bit and looking at each other and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, only people can see the little dance moves you're about to start doing. Uh. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, this thing, this uh, integrative arts thing, sort of came up. Oh, that's interesting. What's that? Um, so they were less concerned about your technical ability. Um, and more more interested in um you know people expressing something about their experience um and um and when they did that um they'd be moving away from traditional therapy in lots of ways so traditionally you sit down you have a chat yeah you're kind of using a very cognitive you're using your your, your words and you're trying to put it all together and um trying to um explain what's going on and the other and the therapist is speaking and the, you know this is there's this back and forwards dialogue you know you're using this left side of your brain basically yeah um, but there's a right side of the brain as well what about that one <laughs> um so i was kind of interested in this well the left brain is typically kind of very cognitive and logical and the and the right hand is very sort of creative and uh, sem- semantic um and lots of images and things like that so basically uh, integrative arts is it's all of it, any art basically that creates something and that something becomes a metaphor for whatever it is that you want to express. So if you, if you have a safe, say, say for instance, you have a, a difficulty with your partner um, 
So I might invite you to create something of the two of you. Um, okay. So it might be a say maybe maybe a tray of sand or maybe a piece of paper, maybe drawing something, stick figures, could be any old thing, or finding a piece of music that describes what's going on between the two of you, or what's happening for you on your own when you when you're in your house on your own, or if you're if don't have if you're you know if um you know being on your own is the issue, and then you know having that um sort of non-verbal expression become a vehicle which we could explore. <clears throat> okay. So you're moving away from thinking, what am I going to say next? Yeah. Or because sometimes people just keep on with the same narrative over and over again, and they convince themselves what, what, they've, what they've told themselves is the truth. It's truth, yeah. And then they tell the therapist. And then when the therapist tries to question them, they say, you know, they say, no, no, that's the truth. Because, you know, it's been going around in there for years. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so what they told themselves. You want to move away from that and move into a different mode. And um, so integrative arts is you're sort of integrating all of the arts, but you're also interested in being able to create a narrative. Because if you do have a narrative, a sort of some, some kind of coherent narrative of what's going on, then you're probably more likely to um, to heal. Um, but in order to get to the current narrative, sometimes you need to get there by the back door rather a than different route. Yeah. start speaking about it. So I might ask someone to create something and then I'll ask them to you know, talk about it. And then there may be something interesting that appears in the image. And... Uh, and I might ask them to, you know, if that if that little thing could speak, what would it say? So it's kind of it's so it's kind of just so it's kind of exploring something they've already created, and it can be really powerful. It can actually catch people unaware, isn't it? Because normally, we, we're not in a way talking can be quite defensive as well. Yeah, just keep talking. We, you know, it can be quite defensive. So some people are a bit wary about doing the art because they might get caught out by, you know revealing something that they didn't yeah. reveal then they realize the lie huh? then, they, then they realize the lie that they've been telling themselves yeah yeah um but it's, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be people do kind of see a different view of the same thing they can kind of see a different picture um maybe a picture that's more from from you know standing back kind of picture seeing the whole thing um, rather than just work, rather just just focusing on one little piece, like she said this to me, and I didn't like it, you know, and going around on and on and on about it, you kind of just step back and kind of see the bigger picture. Okay. Okay. It's not just her. There's loads of other things going on around. There's the job, and there's this, and there's that. All these are the pressures that are the pressures. There's you, and yeah, parents, and all sorts of stuff, and you start to see that there's something else going on apart from that little niggly thing that you keep talking about all the time. And yeah, it gives you a different perspective and it's, it's very powerful. Um, you know, once, and then, and then we can get into talking. Yeah. So I guess, I guess like the art sort of helps, like, as you're saying, helps them to maybe see it from a different perspective. Yeah. And then you go back to the talking and sort of like, now with this new perspective, how does this make you feel? Or how do you see this now when you've helped that? Because I guess I feel like people 
like I think one thing which you're talking about is that sometimes our people use music. And I feel like that's sometimes why so many people are popular. Like everyone loves Adele because she sings about her sadness and there's people that can relate to that. And like being able to, I guess if someone did bring an Adele song to you and was like, this is what I'm feeling because yeah. like Adele just went through a divorce. So maybe someone that's just gone through a divorce is like, this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. And I think it's easier to be able to identify those emotions with yourself when you see it in a song or even just when you are maybe drawing something down. So I think that's a really cool sort of, I guess a different way of, as you said, like taking the back door and like yeah. unlocking maybe something that hadn't been thought about. Yeah, and even, um, in some ways, uh, it sort of bypasses thinking, you know what I mean? Because as you say, some, I mean, someone could bring in a song that that touches you as a therapist or, you know, and um, and you you get it, but you haven't, you haven't used any words at all. You know, mm. you haven't described it in any way. You've just, you're just feeling it. And sometimes that's good enough. You don't need to start labeling it and breaking it down. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really get that. Wow. That's really powerful. You know, and you really feel it. And uh, that kind of communication, um, the communication beyond words is uh, you know, where, where, where the real work is, actually. Yeah. So do you see, do you see better results or like, do you see like, what sort of change do you see in people maybe when they are doing sort of the integrative arts therapy? Um, I think there is, um, I think when people are working through emotional problems, um, the way they do it creates more problems. Um, you know, which is overthinking, analyzing everything that's gone wrong, really. You know, yeah. So the, the, I think the arts kind of invite a different way of working out the problem. And it's a skill. And I think the arts kind of foster that skill, which is to kind of, um, is, is to feel, is to feel what to feel. Yeah. yeah? No, don't just think about it. <laughs> uh, take it in. To, to be with that feeling with someone else um, and somehow something changes in that process. Um, and that, that's often a new idea to people. That's kind of the idea that even that, you know, um, it, uh, it sort of moves away from being very goal oriented. I want to get rid of this feeling that I have. Yeah. And banging it, banging it on his head until it goes try in an attempt to try try to try to you know, let it go away, to a kind of just standing back and being with it. Um, and it sounds like that, well, that's not going to work. What kind of foolishness is that? That's, that's not, <laughs> not going to work. You need to get in there and you need to wrestle with it and fight it. And yeah, handcuff it. Dig down in with it. Yeah. And so, um, and then when then when you discover that you don't need to do that. Um, you know, that can unlock something um, as a problem, that's sort of problem solving, but a kind of a a way of attending to the hurts and various things that go on in life. Um, yeah. You can become a model for, for how you deal with other things. Um, so it's more about the way of, way of being, a way of approaching, uh, attend, attending to yourself. <clears throat> yeah. The arts, I think, give you a good foundation for. And I guess that's something which um, 
people can sort of take away sort of sitting with that feeling because like I guess sitting with the feeling like I guess it's easier to try and fight it because then at least you can say that you're dealing with it or maybe you yeah. can you can like fighting with it like seeing you wrestling with it sort of like helps you maybe I don't know I guess to it this, to, something, doesn't it? Feels like you yeah, 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 definitely. You said the word I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but sitting with it makes you feel vulnerable. And I think that's what maybe people are afraid of. So, but then when you feel it, it's a lot more different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of just allowing it in, you know, allowing it just to be what it is, uh, which does make you feel vulnerable, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you need to, you know, feel in a good place, um, feel fairly comfortable with this person who you're with. Um, but yeah, and, um, you know, if you can allow yourself to feel, to, to get into those spaces, it's, it's, it can be pretty amazing what, what you discover, uh, just letting go of kind of, um, destination. <clears throat> and of course you do have a destination. You're doing it. You kind of want to get well, you know, it's in the back yeah. of your mind. It's not, <laughs> not the forefront of your mind. It's not like, uh, and they're sort of grasping for the change. Um, yeah, yeah. But that place of vulnerability again is um, <clears throat> is uh, is difficult, isn't it? It's um, doesn't matter who you are, and uh, and in a way, it sort of feels like it shouldn't really be so hard, should it? You know, be vulnerable now. Be vulnerable is like just just a feeling, isn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's it's easy. It's not hard about it, um, you know. But uh, but I guess um, it, I mean it's it's kind of those tender feelings, isn't it? That are are the hardest to be with. It's almost easier to be with anger. It's easier yeah. to be with rage. It's easy. It's easier. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not easy, but it's it's easier. Um, because you can, you, you, you have a sense that you're in charge. And in control. Yeah. So if you're in charge, yeah. it can't be that bad. Um, but if you, if you sort of let, let that go a little bit, um, you don't feel quite so in charge. You're kind of, you're at the mercy of someone else who could just crush you with one word, you know, <laughs> you could just say that's crazy or whatever they could say while you're in your vulnerable place. And it just, yeah, you know, um, but it's it's interesting that just it's those tender feelings that that are harder to be with um, than the, 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 the stronger feelings, which is straight, which is a funny way around, but that is actually, you know, what the reality of it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think even I think even for I think maybe just specifically focusing on even men, like. Being vulnerable is something that we're not taught to children. So then when you're older, you sort of have these feelings and you're like, whoa, whoa, no, this this feels wrong. Like yeah. this, this doesn't feel like it should, I shouldn't be vulnerable. I should be strong. I should be like maybe the strength is related to anger, or maybe all you've seen is strength is anger or strength is not showing your emotions. Um, I think it's hard to sort of start to start to like unpack sort of your conditioning um so i think that yeah that's one thing which i think is important like that sort of tender softness of being vulnerable is so important um 
because it can allow you just to grow. But if you're sort of staying in anger or staying in a certain emotion that doesn't serve you, because if you're angry a lot, like you're also just not a nice person to be around, like even for yourself. Mm. So it just, I, I think, I think it just doesn't, it doesn't serve us. It serves us for something. Sometimes you need to get angry. Yeah. But I think majority of the times, I don't think it's an emotion that serves us quite well. Yeah, because you know we we um, you know we're 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 in danger sometimes, um, and uh, we need to put boundaries in sometimes, and sometimes we need to be um, open. Sometimes we need to be, you know, right rightly fearful, um, and tender and loving, and you know, there's a full range of stuff that we need to be. Um, but I guess the I guess the the tricky bit is getting caught up in one in one one of those places, isn't it? Or, or not being able to do the others, or not necessarily reading the situation <clears throat> uh, to um, uh, correctly. So I think you know I I, com- I completely understand where anger come you know the the anger and where that comes from, um, and uh, you know the, squ- the the sort of squashing of vulnerability as you know as children. You know, you're not if you are if you do you know show vulnerability, um, that's kind of squashed out of you. So um, you know, there's sort of real reasons for people to feel the way that they feel. Um, <clears throat> but um, I mean, the question for me is not necessarily you know whether someone's angry or not. It's kind of you know can they respond to the world um, as it is? Yeah, um, the world isn't always dangerous, you know. Uh, the world isn't always well. Some for some people it actually can be, to be fair. But for a lot of us, for most of us, um, you know, we go through we go through life and things. You know, we meet different people and things change. Um, and uh, you know, there are opportunities and t- opportunities to be close, opportunities to have friendships, opportunities to you know have these peak experiences of joy and yeah, and and, and opportunities to be mad about what's going on and rageful um, and to sort of meet those challenges from the world as they come up um, is, is kind of more, 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 of the, more of the thing for me. And, but I think the, um, the thing that's probably the hardest to do is probably be vulnerable, probably. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> especially when, you know, especially the way we live. And actually, it's actually, very rarely do we feel sort of physically in danger, I would say, but we we do have a sense of being um, attacked. You know, our identities are important to us, and those identities are are battered, aren't they? Literally on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> um, if you're from a racialized group or a minority group, um, and uh, and uh, it kind of you know makes it's kind of hard work just to just to sort of stay up right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I think one thing, like in terms of like when you're talking about identities, and even them being battered, um, I think that can also sort of bring along a sort of trauma, um, and that can sort of have a heavy impact on you. Like I was listening to an episode of a um, podcast called Dope Black Dads, um, and they had David Harewood on it, and he was talking about sort of like when like we do get like racially abused, like sort of that trauma just stays within. And like then when someone sort of questions you on that or you talk about it like a well, 
can just bring up like and he was relating it sort of to George Floyd and things like that and I was just like yeah that's actually so true in terms of like how they're you internalize it because you because sometimes you can't do anything about it yeah. and then like that trauma can have such a heavy sort of impact on you yeah um and for someone that works for someone that works with trauma um I guess it all works perfectly in terms of like when you are working with people with trauma like what do you sort of see like what do you see in those people and sort of how do they how does this start to shift that or start to work on it I mean first there's uh, kind of um to you know get them to see that they are traumatized um that's step one because quite you know quite often a lot of people don't necessarily see things that way yeah they, you know they kind of think well this is how it's always been you're trying to tell me something else you know yes, yeah <laughs> uh, so the first step is really a kind of um wasn't a sort of no it's not education exactly but you know you know do you sleep you know how many hours of sleep do you get and just trying to get a picture of their lives and um and then after a bit you can kind of say well there's, there's all these things going on and it's sort of to me it sounds like those are the symptoms of trauma and have you ever thought about it in that way um so a lot of people are kind of like, okay, okay, I hadn't really thought about it that way. It was just, just what it was, yeah. That's, that's just how things are. <laughs> um, it's normal. Um, and then they, and then they can, then they can kind of, and then there's a kind of like a, an untraumatized version of themselves and a traumatized version of themselves that they're holding in their in their hands. Yeah, which is a kind of okay. It was an interesting, that's an interesting place to start. <laughs> How did I get traumatized in the first place? Is a you know a question, but in, but in a way you don't you know the how of it, and uh, you know it might be interesting to to know about, um, but that's probably less important than what's actually happening. Okay. So, um, uh, so a lot of the um, so so I might do some some education around how the nervous system works and how their how their nervous systems how humans work. <laughs> uh, how they organize how, you know you know because we're in, in a way we're always trying to um kind of react to 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 what's going on outside um and then and then then maybe they may get a sense of uh sort of tracking themselves like right now i'm feeling really really good <laughs> um my, I, my mind is clear I, you know, when I think, I, I, I like what comes out of my mind. Yeah, good headspace. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have butterflies in my stomach. I feel quite calm. I don't, I don't feel tense or anything. And then, okay, well, think about the time at work, which you've come here for, you know, and then they can feel. <laughs> they can feel that. They're not there. Yeah. They're, not there. They're kind of sitting in, <laughs> sitting in the same chair, literally two seconds later, and then they can feel their bodies. Um, and then they can also hear what's going on in their minds all of a sudden, what's going on in their minds they don't even like anymore. Um, so that's just kind of again, just having that sense of moving from being triggered um, to not being triggered and being kind of okay. Um, again, just gives people another okay, there's a triggered version of myself and a non triggered version of myself, yeah. Um, I, it, it just develops interest and curiosity about okay well what's the triggers about 
And what can I do? I, I know I can't say, stop it. Stop it, please. There's <laughs> no works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> you have to be a bit stealthy <laughs> and, um, and place yourself in situations where it's more likely that you're going to, your body's going to be okay or feel okay. And then you decide, okay, I'm not going to be in these spaces. I'm not going to be in these spaces anymore. Um, and, uh, but of course, you know, people say stuff and they trigger you. So you've got no control over that. Um, and then, and then over time, I suppose people, um, you know, people get triggered and, you know, before they even know it, in fact, maybe about two, or maybe two hours after they've been triggered, they then realize they're triggered or sometimes yeah. it's two weeks. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's months before they're really, yeah. <laughs> um, and then just bring in that, that, that down a little bit. So the idea is to create some kind of gap so that um, people can feel people, okay, I'm triggered, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to rage anyway, or yeah, hide or whatever of... I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it anyway, or um, I don't want to do it this time round. Um, and it gives people a bit of a gap, a bit of a, so basically over time, you're just working with, Noticing what it's like to be calm, safe, noticing what it's like not to be, noticing what it's like to be safe and not to be and safe and not and just keep going backwards and forwards. In between, yeah. Until something happens and then there's a gap. So and then and if you're triggered, it might last for for the three hours. You know, it's like great. It was like it was like two days before that. Wow, that's amazing. Just the progress, yeah. Yeah, you can see the progress. It's three hours of hell, but hey, it's a still progress. Yeah, rather um, than two days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, as you know, you know, something happens. Girlfriend says something, the wife says something, you say something, and you're just in this fog for, for, for days. Um, uh, it can be very distressing to be there. So, yeah, to sort of have a sense that it's possible to stop, you know, to kind of slow down the intensity in which these triggers happen and also to slow down how often, how long they happen for. Yeah. I mean, that's the key thing. I mean, certainly, I mean, my work is in adoption. And so um, I, I guess it might be slightly different from other settings, um, but essentially, it's essentially the same. Um, certainly in adoption, I'm kind of teaching the parents uh, of children who are quite, you know, who are quite traumatized and um can kind of kind of fly into rages or they can fly into not wanting to talk and speak and hiding away. Yeah. Huge amounts of time. And, you know, and you're doing everything you you can to make their lives easy. Uh, and then they, they tell you you're the worst parent in the world and, you know, kick down the door. You know, so that, that's heartbreaking, you know, to, uh, to experience to, it. Yeah. A foster carer or a parent, adoptive parent. And it's heartbreaking for the for the child as well. Um, but yeah, so so that so that work is kind of a, is, is is that same kind of process, but um, also uh, bringing the other people who in the child's life uh, along along for the ride in terms of what's going on, what what um, what the process what's happening for them, yeah, looks like overall, and for them to notice uh, the change, the changes that happen, because sometimes change, change, change kind of happens, and people just don't notice it. So instead of saying, "Wow, that was fantastic," you don't get any praise. You were just, yeah. you were just 
you were kicking down the door only, you know, only for a minute. And, you know, uh, last year it was like you were kicking it down every day. <laughs> That's amazing. So there's something different about saying that than saying, oh man, you just kicked that door down again, man. What's up? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole different, that's a whole different conversation. One's one's healing, one's kind of moving in the right direction. The other one is it's well re-triggering. Um yeah. So yeah, so there's yeah, so that's the that's the process. I mean, there's obviously there's lots of stuff going on in between. But, uh, that's the overall idea. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um in terms of being able to, like in terms of the progress that you were saying, in terms of, in one essence, maybe the boy is kicking down the door for 20 minutes and then in a few months later on, it's less and less. And I feel like helping sort of adoptive parents realize that giving praise for that changing behavior, because for a kid, you also think those sort of things. I know those things where I'd be like, well, it took me this amount of time to do this, and now I do it less. So why am I being praised for it? You know, so that's all the validation that you want as a child, mm. and I think that's really important in terms of like, if they get that validation, it's going to only foster more positive change, and even just for people in general. Like when you realize that you have done something different, or maybe something in your routine has changed, just mm. to praise yourself for it because. At the end of the day, no one else is going to notice that you've done this to a certain extent. So maybe this is for like teenagers or like adults, like just praise yourself for it, you yeah. know, because it's progress and that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, finding ways to, um, yeah, to kind of, you know, re-see, revision what's happening for you so you can put it into a positive frame. Um because because we're we're trying our best, aren't we? We're all trying our best. We're all, you know, no no one wants to. No one really wants to do all this stuff. You know, what I mean, no one wants to hurt <laughs> like this. No one wants to kick down the door. No one wants to get rageful for no reason at all, seemingly. Um, but so, uh, but yeah, just kind of having, um, yeah, having that sort of sense of um, sort of compassion, I guess. It's kind of where you're coming from, isn't it? Really, yeah. Yeah, because we'll see 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 positive things um and and give yourself affirmations give other people affirmations um you know and see and seeing them as kind of currency um sort of healing currency and um you know and as if you say as if you can see yourself changing you know that's you know that's a pretty powerful thing actually it's been very encouraging um but often we don't see ourselves as changing we just sort of see ourselves as going round and round and round the same the same thing all the time even though we are changing yeah definitely <laughs> it slows us down yeah yeah and yeah i think yeah um, i like that um healing currency i like that that's a that's a phrase was a healing currency you said mm-hmm. um yeah i like that it sounds it sounds good because it's like everyone loves the thought of money so <laughs> if you're adding to your healing, then everyone yeah, loves yeah. that sort of image of themselves, isn't it? So yeah. um, I guess in terms of something that we are touching on, and um, I guess it is also November as well. Um, and as a therapist, you're obviously trying to teach people how to keep their, how to keep their mental health sort of positive or how to, transition or change into having positive mental health 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for you, what I just wanted to find out, what does what does positive mental health look like? What does it look like? Oh, um, mm, good question. <laughs> what does it look like for me? Yeah. Well, let's start there. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I, um, I don't think I'm alone in this, but um, I, I guess that, that there was a time where I uh, <laughs> would give myself a hard time, really, for, for kind of no reason whatsoever, really, that I can think of. And um, so something would happen, I'd make a mistake or something would happen or someone would see me and, and kind of they'd tut or whatever they'd say or something, you know, they'd do something nonverbal, which kind of yeah. gave me the signal that, that I'd made a mistake. <clears throat> and, um, and I would, um, I, you know, I would pick that to death, you know, and what could I have done differently? How could I have done that differently? No, I, I, that wasn't right. I need to do it differently next time. And this kind of proliferating, and um, and I think for me, um, I think good mental health, positive mental health, is those same things happening, and me not doing that. Yeah, and me not adding more fuel to the fire, because <laughs> I would just there'd, there'd be a little fire, whatever it is, you know something wrong with me or whatever. I mean, whether it was wrong is another story, but anyway, I saw it as wrong. Yeah. Someone else saw it as wrong. And then I would really go to town on it, you know. Put more put more wood on it, just. Put more wood on, a little flame, get the, I'll get the, 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 get the lighter and, and light it, you know what I mean? Pour <laughs> more fuel on it. <laughs> really get it going, man. And, every, and the more it burned, the more I burned inside. Yeah. Right? And and then and then people will see the fire and they think, man, what's going on? What are you doing? What's going on? Um, and then I'd, I'd pour some more flame, some more flame stuff. More wood, yeah, more fire. Um, and I could just spiral. I could just sort of feel myself spiraling down. Um, so yeah, for me, for me personally, good mental health is just kind of not allowing that spiraling to happen. I mean, it's it's not really not allowing it. I mean, that's not. It's not really like that, is it? Um, because it's not a forced thing. I'm just yeah. not allowing it. It's like that. That ain't right either. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that when I say it like that, it means I'm 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 adding more fluid to the flame. Yeah. I know that, even though on the outside I might look okay. But it's kind of just it's just sort of being with it. And um, okay, that's what's happening right now. Okay, I can okay, I can, I can you know, it's really hurting my heart. I can feel my heart rate going. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm just maybe my stomach is. I can feel it in my stomach. Okay, my shoulders are tensed. I'm just gonna loosen them up and just not allowing it to get to 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 take off. Yeah. Um, and it might be different for different people, but I think essentially that's kind of how it is for a lot of people. Um, it might not necessarily mean they're giving themselves a hard time, but they might give other people a hard time. Yeah, sort of deflect off thing. Yeah, so it's your fault that I'm feeling like this. And then they start to hammer away at whatever it is out there that's making them feel how they're feeling. Um, and uh, if they're not feeling, if they're still not feeling good, they hammer even more. 
Yeah. And of course, then there's there's a response from the world saying, no, you can't just you can't just kick me around like that. Could do that. It makes you feel worse as well then. Yeah. And then it yeah. continues. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's answered the question, but <laughs> it's not really, it's kind of more of a feeling. Um and I'm sure, yeah, someone else will probably have a kind of kind of more clinical <laughs> clinical describing yeah. it, you know. But uh, for me, it's very it's very it's very bodily it's very um um and and, and spirally it sort of feels very spirally and bodily when you're uh, not when your mental health's not that great yeah i yeah i can i see what i can see what you sort of mean in terms of like i guess when something when someone does say something about you or maybe when you're saying you there is something that is viewed as wrong like you like by you sort of maybe like say if someone says negative or something about you like for me personally like my weight is something that would maybe affect me maybe when I was younger and then I'd be like to myself oh why is it like this why are you not doing this why are you not doing that and you're putting more fuel onto that fire as you're saying um and then that sort of when I guess that spiral comes along um because you've because you're feeding to it um And then you then get just so overwhelmed by the feeling, um, which I which I, I guess I can sort of interpret in what you're saying or just repeating it back. But yeah, I do see what you mean. Um, and then I guess so in terms of having positive mental health is ensuring maybe that you're not, it's the self-talk, I guess, isn't it? That you're not feeding, that you're not feeding that little flame with negative self-talk or that you're, I guess in terms of when we're talking about currency, that maybe you're just putting some water onto it, you just putting some water onto that fire, yeah. Just maybe just cleansing, um, yeah. which could just be positive sort of self-talk, um, yeah. and I think that's just something that takes time to learn to talk to yourself positively because it does. Because I think that's what sort of can affect you mm. um, when you're not talking to yourself positively, because the stuff that you can say to yourself can be so horrible, and if yeah. someone said that to you. You'd be like, why are you saying that to me? Like, <laughs> but you can say it to yourself and not feel offended. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, and yeah, so I think, yeah, I really, when you were talking about it, I think that's what I was getting from it and I can understand how that can affect you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, when certainly for me, when I'm in that state, I'm actually cutting myself off. Well, while I'm in that state of fire, I can't at the same time attend to the world as it is around me. So there might be all kinds of support around me. Might be my friends, <laughs> um, my, my partner, my, you know, it could, there's, there's all, this, all this good stuff going on around me. It just disappears into the background. Yeah. Um, so it's not just the fire and the flames and everything. It's actually, you, uh, well, my experience is I just cut myself off from what is actually going to help me. Yeah, these other people around me. Um, but if you can, if you can throw some water on it, cool it down, be compassionate to yourself, or be compassionate to another person who you're giving a hard time to, you're um, you're probably more likely then to sort of be aware of the support around you and the things that would give you what you need. Yeah, you know, a conversation, a connection being connected with other people in some way. Um, 
so it's yeah so it's more than just creating the fire it's actually the, the result of that is you then don't have access to what you <laughs> need <laughs> yeah to heal so um so it's kind of a two-way thing you're in this flames of suffering and and it's just and there's no you can't connect support. you can't connect yeah your body's just not ready your body can't connect in that state you know, it can't yeah definitely anyway if you wanted to and i think we'll keep with the fire analogy because i like it um <laughs> but i guess if you say if you fed this fire and just envision this fire is around you no one can touch a fire that's hot you can't penetrate it like in terms of when you're saying you cut yourself off if your fire is so big if someone puts a hand in it they're going to get burned they can't actually sort of come and connect with you so yeah. i guess sort of i guess maybe preventing is not the word but trying to not get that so hot so someone can actually connect with you can touch you on your shoulder and be like listen what's going on and then you've got that connection um for you how do you sort of do that then like when you maybe are feeling low or the flame is too hot for people to touch for people to connect with you yeah. how what helps you during those low days or what sort of pulls you out i mean i'm i i um i do really feel it i really feel things in my feel you know i can you know all this energy inside me and and um so some of the things i i mean i, I meditate um sometimes or well, quite often in fact yeah and you know whilst i was um yeah i meditate a lot and I know I, you know, when I'm sort of feeling like this, there's a lot of energy in my body, a lot of energy in my muscles. And so, you know, I'll go to, I'll go to the gym or I'll run or I'll get on my bike or, you know what I mean? There's something yeah. physical. And so that kind of helps. Um, so it depends on what's going on. Um, if I can't really rest, then I can't meditate, I'll probably do. Um, but generally speaking, my go-to place would be to, to just, stop um and just give myself some time to catch up with yeah what, what's going on and then try to become aware so i just sit silently uh there's a particular meditation practice i have which kind of helps help me to kind of just stay present to what's going on the flames are f all over the firing all over the place <laughs> um and i know these flames are very cognitive they're not you know they're kind of and they're very physical. And I can feel them in my body. Yeah. And then over over a while, you know, I'm more aware of it. The more aware of it, I come and stay with what's actually happening, um, and try not to label it or anything, but just kind of okay. Yeah. I've got a tense muscle. My shoulders are really hunched up. Yeah. My jaw is really tight. Yeah. I just kind of relax it, uh, and I can find myself coming back to myself after a bit. So that's probably the most effective thing. Um, you know, when I'm doing my writing, um, you know, I've written a book recently and raised conversations. There's lots of difficult stuff that I was reading. Um, yeah. The history, slavery, all of the, uh, all, all, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, whilst I was going through that, I was looking for particular things, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, and I didn't even realize it. I just kind of 
zoned out. I kind of zoned out. I, you know, I, I was I, I, on the outside. I was fine. Yeah, um, in your brain, you just I was all right. <laughs> but I just I just realized that I was just I was talking about this stuff and um, and I kind of just numbed out on it. Really, I kind of I just I was just kind of numbed out on it. Um, and it became quite difficult to sort of write, write, write about it because I was kind of quite foggy in my mind. So, but then I, I, I kind of did catch myself, um, as I was, you know, when you're trying to put things together and you're trying to do this cognitive process about all this stressful material. And all I want to do is just kind of just create a, a narrative, you know, Hello, string yeah. stuff together and get it, get it on paper. That's, that's my job. And get it um, done. Yeah. For these, for these couple of days, but in, you know, the rest of my psyche was kind of shrinking. Um, so I did a lot of, um, so I found that I had to sort of dig in, dig into the archives and do whatever I need to do and then come back, rest, sit, give myself a break, um, do a meditation, come back to my body clear my head, go back in again. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And that was the only way, well, that was that was the best way I found of doing it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Those of us, I'm glad, I'm glad you've sort of found a way, sort of, that meditation has helped you a lot um, by the sounds of it. Um, and even, yeah, I, I see what you mean. When you're reading those things, when you're reading sort of a book or a history about slavery, like it can make you, it can clog your mind. For me, it makes me angry. Like when I read about it, I can't read about it for too long because I get angry yeah. at what was happening. And I can't do anything about it because it's happened, it's history. But you just still get so furious in your mind. You get, I get furious. I, that could even sort of start to cloud my head. So I guess if you're mm. there trying to have to analyze it, reduce it down, but like fully understand what you're reading, I can understand why you need to sort of take breaks from that. Um, and I think that's a good way to, and I, I don't know if you didn't take breaks, maybe that would affect your mental health and it's sort of good that you're able to recognize that. Yeah. So, I mean, I got, I'm, part of mental health is kind of recognizing when you're not, not well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's another part of it. Um, at some point you recognize it and then you have a, some kind of strategy to kind of get yourself back. Um, if you're not able to recognize it, then, I mean, it's, yeah, there's not much you can do at that point. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. all <laughs> off at, that, at that point. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do. Um, um, yeah, phys- physical stuff, physical exercise, and also, um, uh, meditation i mean i used to do music a lot and write you know write write music and um sort of create songs and and, and that kind of stuff and that that was that was that was that was great yeah <laughs> that was great as well that's a different kind of way of doing it but it's um it kind of had a similar results in some ways you know writing is a meditation is of sorts you know what i mean you're kind of yeah, definitely putting something together and you're going over and over and over it and you're just focusing on this thing and and once it's out there, it's like out yeah. of your mind. Do you know what I mean? It's not in your yeah. mind anymore. Once it's on paper, yeah, and it's transcendent in some ways. You can just sort of transcend um, ordinary life into this thing. So there's different ways of doing it for different people, but um, yeah, that's my way. Yeah. Well, um, I, I thank you 
I think that's really good, actually. Um, and I think people need to find their own way um, in what helps for them. Like for me, I would also say that meditation also helps. Okay. Um, I've used, I've been using the app called Headspace. Yeah. Um, which I, which I think is really, really good. Um, and if, if like, cause I was just, cause I'm still a student now, but mine's about to run out to be honest. But if you're a student, you can get Spotify premium and Headspace for 10 pounds. So it's like you get in Headspace for free, basically it's a bargain. Um, yeah. Which yeah. one do you, do you use an app or do you, have you, well, like, what well, do I'm, you use? Yeah. I'm sort of, I'm doing meditation in a sort of Buddhist context. So I'm part of a Buddhist Okay. Community. Um, oh. and, uh, so, so the meditation is in that context a lot of the time, although I do sort of secular, secular mindfulness as well in various other yeah. Um, and there's a, it's quite, yeah, it's quite a strong people of color, uh, movement around meditation now when it's not yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of years ago. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great space. That's really great. Uh, really yeah great. that's we'd be practicing in that in that context yeah. yeah i've seen yeah you're right on that one i've seen a lot more sort of people of color getting into that sort of thing even um t- touching on headspace raheem sterling the football player became the ambassador for headspace um yeah. so I, I like in terms of like i was thinking like that's just like even that's just sort of like a little good representation of someone who is black who is in the media spotlight sort of Okay. doing meditation and obviously there's other form there's so many forms of meditation yeah. um but just getting it out there that it's something that you can do and i think it's really interesting in sort of how in sort of you were doing it in sort of the buddhist sense um because i think that's sort of an interesting space where i haven't i don't know many many black people that practice like being like buddhist or whether you do practice or not but so that even embrace that um yeah. so i think yeah that's really interesting actually yeah yeah i mean it's it, the community is getting you know bigger and bigger and um you know we've we have these retreats every now and then and there's a lot of, there's a lot of folk on there a lot of people um and it's becoming you know joining up as an international community as well yeah um, <clears throat> uh, yeah it's um but you know as you say there's lots of different kinds of meditation with different practices different religious traditions and 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 so on in there so there's, there's, there's no shortage of uh kind of uh yeah sort of styles yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah definitely um so i've loved this whole conversation we've had um and i really thank you for so for you being vulnerable and you talking about your experiences um and just so sort of like a final question um i'm going to tweak it a little just for november um, but say if there's a young sort of a young black boy listening to this or any sort of black man, um, how do you think sort of this conversation or something that you know can kind of help them with an understanding of their own mental health? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's this guy called, um, his name is it Tony Porter, Tony Porter. Yeah, he's an American guy, and okay. he's, he's got this, um, uh, it's not Vimeo, it's not it's Ted, Ted Talk, it's Ted Talk, it's called the Man Box. Okay. Yeah, Man Box. And um, so his, his, his take on things is that, um, you know, men are socialized in a particular way, 
and um, and there's a box and it's got uh, some labels on it and that is that is the man box you know <laughs> so strong tough you know all those kind of yeah stuff um, and um, you know as men we just kind of lock ourselves in that little box um anything outside of that box is not as unmanly you know that's the that's the rule you know um and it does create it creates difficulties because um you know, part of that man box is also vi- you know violence <laughs> um you know and then and, and there's a woman box as well and then and kind of what happens between those two boxes um so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you know maybe this has kind of shaken up the, the box a little bit and yeah. expanded the box <laughs> so that it can have lots of other things and it can still be called a man, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, to sort of just yeah, create a kind of a, a bigger, a bigger canvas for us to be, um, uh, to, to be working in and to be, um, and, you know, and not, you know, not necessarily feel like we've lost our, our manhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the the man box and expanding the man box. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, and sort of a great place to guess end the episode. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, it's been great to have you. It's been great to talk to you. I've taken up a lot of your evening. So, <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I do want to say something. I don't know who you know. Um, I mean, I have. I do want to encourage people to read my book. Now, I, I, I'm a psychotherapist, and uh, it might feel like I've, I've written a psychotherapy book, but I've tried not to. <laughs> I try to write a book that any old Joe can read um, called The Race Conversation. So, uh, but, it, but it basically, I mean, a lot of things what I've been talk, talking about are kind of in there as sort of basic ideas. Um, but I, I think... It, I think um, I've kind of tried to sort of be as expansive as I can. So I've gone back into history about why, you know, why race came into being, um, you know, what's, what's the reason for it to be still um, here with us today. And um, maybe some things that people could do to, um, to, to, to overcome racial trauma and it's very much about the body and stuff like that. So yeah, I just want to encourage people to read it. Um, uh people a lot of people lots of different people are getting a lot out of it you know it could be a black person or it could be a white person and there's i've tried to kind of make it accessible uh for everyone to be able to read all the long words have been banned (laughs) Uh, well i'll put some long words in there but you know i mean i've just just my own experience of reading those books and thinking man what the hell why, why, you put why, this is, here? why is long why is long word do, doing in there? And, um, uh, and then I, I'm going to have to go and look it up to find out what it means. And then it's just broken the spell, you know. So yeah, try to make it just straightforward um, and try to take out the jargon, out, out of the whole therapy thing, um, and uh, just try to sort of lay things out as simply as I can. And uh, people are getting a lot out of it. So yeah, people want to buy that. You know, feel that's free. awesome. The race conversation, you said. Race conversation. An essential guide for life-changing dialogue. Ah, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look at it as well. Um, yeah. and I'll put it into the show notes for people uh to be able to access it. So you can the click of a button makes it so much easier for you. No excuses. Um <laughs> so yeah, the race conversation. Um, I'll definitely have a big look in that as well. 
Um, so thank you very much for sharing that. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, maybe sometime in the future I can get you on again to talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm really happy to. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. You know, it's all right. Have a good evening. And you, thanks. Ah, that was awesome. I loved that whole conversation. Um, Eugene, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for bringing your wealth and knowledge and experience, and being vulnerable and open with me. Um, that was really appreciated and I think whoever listens to this episode is going to really appreciate you and what you talked about and I think we talked about a lot of important stuff and I really loved hearing about um, you struggling with understanding who you are and what it means to be yourself I think that's something that we all struggle with I know I struggled with it and I still do till this day so Thank you for showing that part of you. Um, and I loved talking about the the currency, eh, the little healthcare currency, self, self-care currency. I don't think it was that, but something currency. <laughs> um, and even the analogy of fire, um, using that to sort of describe your mental health and how people can't help you if you're feeling that way and you know i think some people might be able to really relate to that so thank you again for that and thank you listener as well for getting this long for getting this far into the episode i mean we're at the end of the episode now so thank you for sticking with me um until one hour 29 whenever you're listening to this um that doesn't make sense (laughs) but thank you for listening and um, engaging with the podcast and if you enjoyed the podcast um just share with your friends share with people you know share with men you know put into your group chats um if you want to get into contact with eugene if you want to know more about him um i'll post his twitter handles in the show notes (laughs) forgot what they were for a second um i'll post them in the show notes um i'll post his website um i'll post the black asian therapist network as well in there too um if you check out my website actually um you'll also find all of the stuff on there and more as well um there's lots more stuff on the the post on my website so go and check that out um if you want to get into contact with me um, on all platforms, it's at Black and Raw, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Might make a TikTok soon. Who knows? Um, and yeah, you can check out my website, um, www.blackandraw.co.uk. And uh, if you want to speak to me, if you want to email me, like I said, DM me or email me at a speak at blackandraw.co.uk so thank you guys for listening uh thank you for sticking with me um november has been a mad one um i've enjoyed what we've been doing uh there's an episode out next week which is going to be a little different so prepare for that um and if you like that uh give me the feedback on that like say i really liked the episode or i really didn't 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be different. That's all I'm going to say to you. So uh, tune in next week and uh, we'll speak soon. <laughs>